0: On today's show, we'll talk about some buy buy low and sell high candidates in terms of prospects all over the NHL. And we'll give you an early look at some top 2025 NHL draft eligibles all coming up on today's show on Locked On NHL Prospects.
1: You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related ready for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High. And on today's show, we'll start off by giving you a buy low and sell high breakdown of some NHL prospects um, all over the NHL, uh, whether that's, you know, in the junior systems in Canada and the USA, Wherever you find them, we've got them. Uh, so we'll talk about some goodbye low candidates first Noel Gundler, Oscar Olauson, uh Vincent Rohr, and a lot more. Uh, let's talk about some sell high candidates, candidates whose value we think is at an all time high right now, including guys like Jack Devine, Tristan Luneau, uh, Connor Geeky, and a lot more. So make sure to stick around until the end as well, where we'll discuss some 2025 NHL draft eligibles that are really tearing it up right now. I've uh, got a main top three here, including James Hagans from the NTDP. We'll talk about all that coming up. But before we get into any of that, today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. Um, So, let's get this started here with some Bilo candidates. Um, You wrote a couple of these names down. I just want your thoughts on these first and foremost. Um, We'll talk about Noel Gundler first, who I think um, you know first didn't get a lot of love in his draft year and and slipped a bit. Um, A really good goal scorer player who can really rifle the puck. Um, But yeah, what what makes you think is Vali's at an all-time low right now?
1: He hasn't been producing very much. Uh, I've watched him a little bit in the last uh, like year and a half, and yeah. there's definitely still warts in his game. Like like this is a flawed player, and there's he's a buy low for a reason here more so than other players that we're going to talk about in this segment. But I, I think that when a player has a tool, the level of uh, Gunnar's goal scoring, whether that be his shot or his off puck movement to uh, find soft ice in the offensive zone. I'm personally always willing to, to take a big swing on that. He had 18 points in 31 AHL games last year, but his yep. loan back to Liga this uh, this season and is again, half a point game there. So small sample this season in Liga, but the production hasn't popped off just yet. Uh, but maybe if he gets trade and uh, gets reassigned or gets, gets gets new instructions and a new development staff, something could shift there. But I've always really liked the goal-scoring element. The offensive skill is quite impressive. The off-buck engagement is rough. It's still not great. But uh yeah. I think that the tools here are overall pretty impressive. And, I mean, look, like, <laughs> Carolina has already so many great pieces in their prospect pool. They draft so incredibly well. They're going to be pretty backed up in terms of handing out contracts pretty soon. So, yeah. Gunler is not a player that I think they – desperately need to keep and I do think that teams with the worst prospect pools in Carolina's could use a player with the the upside and goal scoring that Noel Gulner has
0: yeah and realistically I mean what what do you think the, the the value is there in terms of how you could acquire him right like i For
1: pretty low like it'll probably be like a 4th or 5th round draft pick or maybe a depth nhl or like a 7th defenseman or something along those lines like yeah. it, it wouldn't be a very big trade by any means like yes sure he was drafted 41st overall in 2020 but it's mm-hmm. been three rough years with little development since then in terms of uh really addressing the weaknesses in his game he's he's very much still the same style of player that he was before but I do think that there's enough here to potentially project as a bottom six goal scorer, uh, probably on, on like a third line with less defensive, uh, um, like, in, like, like like, sorry, brain part <laughs> with, with less, less defensive responsibilities than, than yeah. you get on like a fourth line traditionally. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I, it would be a, a small trade, but I do think there's enough value here to, to be worth a little swing for the fences by a team with a worth prospect pool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that brings us to Vincent's roar, uh, a third round pick of the Montreal Canadians a couple of drafts ago, uh, a prospect who in his draftless one, really impressed uh, with the Ottawa 67s. He's, uh, he's bagged himself and moved to Austria, uh, to continue his development and Switzerland, Switzerland rather. Yes. Uh, I get those mixed up a lot, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Switzerland, uh, I mean, he's been he's been struggling to produce so far in a pro league, um, which didn't really come as a surprise to me. I think his, his game is still, um, you know, he plays with a lot of intensity. He's got good defensive engagement. He's got a good motor. But um, in terms of his ability to play under physical pressure, that's always been a bit of a point of contention. Um, so do you think that plays a major part in the fact that he has been producing so far? It's just the, the shift in environment and also the shift in, in competition level and physicality?
1: He's also playing like twelve minutes a night, so it's not really an environment conducive to high end production for him right now. But uh, I- I've watched like two or three games of his this season so far, and there've definitely been sequences where I've kind of seen him struggle a little bit. Like this is a very young player; he just turned nineteen a couple months ago, and he's playing yeah. a professional competition. And like the reason that that I-, I think he deserves a spot in this list here is far less about his own production and far more about the Montreal Canadians and the fact that they are going to have to unload some prospects because they have very few contracts lost open. It's a yeah. far bigger issue than with Carolina, uh, for instance. But uh, yeah, I, I think that Roar is a player that you could understand if the Haps, if the Haps wanted to, to maybe flip right now before his his value could tank from, from lower production or whatever it may be uh and i think like the montreal canadians could really uh use some reinforcements whether that be like at right defense for instance or or just in terms of uh some depth goal scoring but uh i think roar could be a piece at the half A bigger deal i'd be more surprised if it were a one for one trade of like roar for a pick or something i think like it was a 19 year old prospect who had a very good d plus one uh yeah. Would make less sense in that in that uh, situation, but in terms of a larger deal to acquire a piece that the Habs need right away, Roar is one of the players that comes to mind as a decent bargaining chip in there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um sort of a bigger name here. Uh, one of the one of the first uh, one of the first, not the first goaltender drafted a couple drafts ago, uh, in Sebastian Cosa, who's been struggling in Grand Rapids so far. Um, but still, I mean, he's getting, he's getting decent minutes. He's getting a decent amount of starts, which is what you want to see from a goaltender, uh, prospect playing the AHL. Um, but yeah, do you think that, you know, he could be, is he the type of prospect who could be a part of a bigger deal, especially for a Detroit Red Wings team that's starting to produce right now, they're starting to play really well and, you know, could end up, you know, adding a, a big piece, um, in a trade with, uh, Sebastian Kosen. What do you think a, a reasonable return would be for a team in that? situation that has this prospect that hasn't been producing that well and that wants to add a kind of bigger piece that'll kind of solidify their 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 spot as a you know that'll solidify their turn of the of the page from a rebuild i think
1: that causes a great great bargaining chip here like yes his value is lower than when like when he was drafted but like looking at it from detroit's perspective they already have Trey Augustine as well as, as a reinforcement uh, in goal uh, for the future. And he's been playing some really good hockey at the NCAA level so far this season. And Casa, I mean, he's played seven AHL games this season. He's under 900, say, percentage, just under, he's at 898 right now. Uh, but last season, he really struggled at the A, but did, did all right uh, in the ECHL, but uh, he's turning 21 uh, in the next week and, the clock is kind of ticking there. And of course, goaltenders take way longer to develop. And this is far from a, a prospect with little value. But I think that Detroit is in a unique position here where CASA is expendable in terms of the goaltending future. And uh, they have a need of acquiring more talent to make a bigger push because the Atlantic division is just, it's an absolute killer this year. So I, I think he'd be a decent bargaining chip yeah. there. But what's, what's, what's your perspective on on CASA and a potential trade?
0: I think it's decent value. Um, I, I'd say right now, you know, as you mentioned, two two years of struggles in the AHL, the the the, the upside is becoming questionable, that kind of thing. I think it might be time to you know get kind of give him fresher air, and you can also get a decent enough return and you know in a trade, especially if it's part of a bigger deal. Um, but yeah, to end things off, we'll talk about uh, Oscar Elloson uh, a bit, uh, who's a uh, former first round pick of the Colorado Avalanche, uh, Avalanche, yeah, and he's playing with the Eagles right now in the AHL. He had 20 points in 63 games last year with one NHL game played. Really not much to talk about there. This year, a bit of the same, but an uptick in production, a slight uptick in production. He's got seven points in 16 games. Been leaning into the offensive side a bit more. But there's still some questions about his, his ability to produce at the next level. Um, he's on pace for barely above 30 points um, this season with uh, with the Eagles in the NHL. So I think you can get some decent enough value there. Um, you know, if, if you trade for him and and allow him to kind of develop his overall game a bit more and kind of uplift his overall skill set, because the skill set's not necessarily NHL level yet, but he's he's leaning into his offensive side a bit more, and you want to see a bit more of that. So I think if you trade for him right now, get him in your system, play him in your top six, and give him those high-end minutes surrounded by players who can kind of offset um, the, the, the defensive game a tiny bit, I think we've got a decent chance at, at getting an NHLer out of him. And if you can get that for scraps... um Absolutely pull the trigger on that. I think that's definitely worth it. But that wraps things up for our first segment. Uh, We'll head into our second segment to talk about some sell-high candidates, some prospects who we think are at an all-time high in terms of value right now. Uh, We'll get into that after these messages from our sponsors over at BetterHelp here at LockedOn NHL Prospects. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a great product that allows you to get uh, assistance with your mental health in, in times of struggle, um, especially right now with the weather changing, with it getting darker, less sun throughout the day. BetterHelp can allow you to um, to, to to follow up with a therapist regularly online. Uh, without having to go to meetings in person, if that's inconvenient, um, it's a very convenient product that allows you to to also change therapists if you're not satisfied with with the one that that's following you right now. Um, you know, I've personally struggled with uh, with mental health overall, especially throughout the last couple of years, and I've really benefited from therapy. Um, it, it's allowed me to kind of put my experience into perspective, to add some tools to my toolkit that allow me to go through my day with a bit more um, productivity, patience, kindness, um, and overall, you know, the broader benefits of therapy are are really clear. I mean, you've, 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 a lot of people will talk to you about their personal experience in therapy in a positive way. It's very rare that you'll talk to people about it negatively. Uh, So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And again, you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L lp.com/slash/locked-on-nhl. Check it out. Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll talk about some sell high candidates. I think this is definitely worth a look uh, because a lot of teams are um, are looking to retain some contract slots, and you know you can't necessarily offer one to every player, uh, and especially you want to maximize your value on these prospects because you know at, at the last count, about thirty percent of you know, mid to late first round picks make the NHL in a in a sustainable and 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 regular way in terms of playing above 100 NHL games. So, it's a it's an interesting subject, I think for sure. Um, and there's a lot of names that we can go through that that, that we both think I think have an all time high value right now. I think we can start with Jack Devine, who's absolutely tearing it up right now in the yeah. NCAA. Right? Oh, he really is.
1: I mean, the, the production this season has been incredible. The progression year to year there with the University of Denver has been really impressive and. He's really blossomed into that organization's top offensive talent. And uh, it's always a bit iffy to, 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 to yell that, you gotta sell high on this player. That, that's just breaking out right now. But <laughs> with, with, with Divine specifically, I think that the toolkit itself is really more conducive to a bottom six projection than anything inside a top six. And right now, I think in terms of uh, value as a prospect, he might be valued a little bit higher than than the average bottom six projection prospect would, and that kind of makes him a decent candidate in this uh, like sell high uh, slot.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and you know he's at 18 points in 12 games, including 10 goals. Like teams are going to get a look at that, and I think oh, that yeah. it's definitely worth a look to kind of give him um, to, to kind of look into his value as a Florida Panthers and see you know okay, how much should we value this prospect and how much can we get out of him? And I think that at this stage. If you're going to get something out of him, it's it's right now. You know, the, the, the value is decently high. And it's just about how much you value a bottom six prospect who you drafted. Because that, that obviously plays into consideration, right? I mean, you drafted okay. this player. You've invested in their development. You want to see them out. Um, but at the same time, you look at the production versus the upside, and there's a mismatch there. And I think the Florida Panthers can definitely maximize that, uh, that profit there. Um, but moving on to an- another couple of names here that I find. Very interesting. First and foremost, Tristan Luno uh, of the Anaheim Ducks, who had a stint with the NHL team this year. I think he's sticking around for a bit. And uh, yeah, I, I just, with the amount of defensemen that the Anaheim Ducks have, it's just how high can he play in the lineup realistically, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, he, he got two NHL games to start the season, but it was quickly sent down to the A afterwards. And he's played now six games in the AHL since then and has mm-hmm. collected two assists in that span. I, like with Luno, there is that history of high-end skill. This was a first overall pick in the QMJHL draft, and uh, yeah. the the mobility, the intelligence, the calculated dissection of defensive structures in the offensive zone, which has really progressed very nicely year upon year in my viewings. Yeah, That's all great. And I, I think that, that Luno definitely has a chance to be a decent number four, maybe number three defenseman moving forward, like in within the next like two years potentially. But Anaheim is an organization that has a lot of depth on the blue line. And Luno could definitely play a part in that. I think I, I personally... Would still kind of stick with Noah Warren uh, if if I were if I were Anaheim. I've I've always been a bigger fan of Warren's game. I don't think he projects quite as as high up in the lineup as Luno does right now, but I think yeah. that he will be a very consistent calming number five presence. And if uh, Anaheim is deciding between those two right shot defensemen. I think that you can get a lot more back for the North than you could with Warren, and I think that the difference between the two is marginal at best. So, I I, I think that, that there's definitely reason to to yeah, at absolutely. least consider I mean, the yeah. options here, right? Like like there's going to be yeah. like there's always uh, like a market for mobile uh, right shot defenseman with with pedigree going back multiple years. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like Anaheim could easily hold on to him as well, and. Just kind of see how things shake up there in the blue line. But if they're looking to maximize value and make sure they don't have a massive log jam there moving forward, it could make sense to move on.
0: For sure. And on that note, I mean, Maverick Lamoureux, I think, is a, is a decent candidate here in terms of sell high value. He's producing really well in the QMJHL right now. Um, as a six foot seven defenseman with a lot of range, with defensive value, with a physical presence, um, I just I don't see the pathway to a top four in the NHL for number and if that's the case, if the most you'll be getting out of him is a bottom pair defenseman, and you can get, I don't know, a second-round second, second round pick, a first-round pick, or have him be a part of a bigger trade where he's a main piece that allows you to get a, a, a really good either defenseman or forward that's going to bolster your, your your Arizona Coyotes team that's currently outplaying itself right now. I mean, it's, it's, they're producing really well, and that's aided yeah. by Logan Cooley. If you want to find a long-term partner for Logan Cooley on offense— I think Maverick Lamoureux is a great, great chip in in in, in the trade uh, to to allow you to get that piece. So yeah, I think that's interesting as well. Um, and another chip to...
1: in that in that type of trade could be Connor Geeky. I mean, yep. Arizona has a lot of potential trade chips here. And uh, again, Geeky was from that that same twenty twenty two draft class as uh, Lamoureux, and he's producing very, very well right now um, with. Uh, the Wenatchee Wild, I almost had the Winnipeg Ice, yeah. uh, with the Wenatchee Wild. And, um, and that's been on a team that's been without Zach Benson and without Matthew Savoy for most of the season. So uh, mm-hmm. the production's been very impressive there. I think the, the progression from last season has, has been impressive too. Like he's kind of taking the reins of that team this year and uh, definitely an interesting prospect. But at least in terms of long-term projection – I personally don't see any upside here beyond second line, and I think he has the trade value, especially if you combine him with a guy like Matvei Lamugur, where you can get a lot more out of that. Right?
0: Yeah, you can get a top end, like high end, high end first line player with Lamugur and Geeky as part of your uh, part of your core of that trade with a pick with a with a roster player. Um, you can get a really, really good player. I'm talking like Panarin levels of good. I mean, there's there's a lot of value you can get out of uh, out of these two in a trade. Um, but lastly, I just want to talk about Luke Tuck real quick, who's at a point per game right now with Boston University, and... A lot of that's due to Macklin Celebrini. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's just... And Hudson. And Lane Hudson, of course. But, you know, just playing on the same line as Celebrini, spending every minute on the ice with a, a player as as dynamic, as fluid, and as intelligent as, as Celebrini is, can really bolster your game. And I think that Luke Tuck is probably going to struggle to put up points at the NHL level. And if he does make the NHL, we're talking probably bottom six, maybe even fourth line upside, which... Yeah. If you can get anything for that, um, as he stands right now, I think it's time to pull the trigger, especially with, again, Montreal not having that many roster spots. Yeah. Um, might It might be time to kind of make that move. Uh, but yeah, that wraps things up for our second segment about some, uh, some sell-high candidates. Now we'll talk about some 2025 NHL draft-eligible starts, um, including James Hagen, Michael Misa, a lot more coming up. Uh, all that's coming up after a quick word from our sponsors over at Game Time. If you're looking for tickets and don't have a lot of time to figure things out, GameTime is the best place to get that figured out. Uh, GameTime is really useful for me because my schedule is really volatile, so I can find myself with an afternoon free out of nowhere, and GameTime is the best place to get last-minute tickets. Um, They have tickets that sell up to the last minute before the event, and sometimes even an hour after it starts, you can still get tickets for that event, whether that's sports, uh, theater, comedy. Uh, anything you need tickets for, Game Time has you covered. Um, they've got a bunch of deals that help you save money as well, including zone deals where uh, you pick the section and uh, Game Time picks the seats. That gives you about an average of 18% of savings. It's really easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area through Game Time and make it really easy and simple. The, their Game Time guarantee. Uh, make sure that if you find a ticket for the same in the same section and row for less than what GameTime has to offer, GameTime will reimburse you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, really simple. Just create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Alrighty, so closing things off here in our third segment with a talk about some 2025 NHL draft eligibles. It seems like a very exciting draft to start things off. I mean, it's it's early in the process, but my goodness, uh, let's start with probably our first overall pick. Uh, James Hagens is absolutely ridiculous. This kid was the best player at the at, at the u 18s as a 16-year-old um outplaying will smith outplaying ryan leonard outplaying you know all these guys that went really high in last year's draft um cole two years cole eisenman as well way better than him both at that tournament and so far this year in the ntdp james higgins is the, the runaway best player on the ntdp i don't think it's even fairly close
1: um
0: no. yeah he's 5'10, 168 but again he's he's very very young um and is still kind of developing Uh, But yeah, he has 30 points in 16 games so far with the NDP, 13 and 7 against the USHL competition. At this past uh, Five Nations tournament for for Team USA, he had 11 points in four games, including seven assists in the semifinal and finals uh, combined. So yeah. Is that good? Maybe, perhaps, somehow. Uh, But yeah, James Higgins premier playmaker just an absurd like the vision the dynamism the playmaking ability that that combination I think it far exceeds Logan Cooley's in this draft year for sure right
1: yeah I mean, I, it's it's tough I mean yeah I've 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 watched a, like a decent amount of Hagen's in passing I haven't like dialed in viewings of like like, like shift by shift going over every yeah. a, every single uh decision he makes but in terms of D minus one, yes, I think he trumps Logan Cool. And, and in terms of draft year, I think we'll we'll see as this year continues and as next ne- next draft starts. But uh, yeah. he is an exceptional talent. I think that uh, yeah, as you said, it's not very close in the NTP this year. Like he is quite a ways ahead of Cole Iserman, and uh, this is a player who. At, at, at the very least right now, just absolutely screams first overall talent, the yeah. intelligence, the skill, the maturity of many of the off puck habits, especially offensively. It's all there. It's all really refined. It's all really impressive. The upside's insane. The floor is very high. Everything yeah. is, is very impressive there with, with James Haggins. And uh, he is a tremendously fun player to watch and uh, pretty much every single time I've tuned into the NTDP play, there's at least a handful of plays where I'm just like left my jaw kind of hanging open and being like, that kid's 16. That's <laughs> insane. And uh, he, yeah, he, he's been he's been really impressive, but he's not the only high end talent in that 2025 top end of the draft either.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy how we're talking about an exceptional status player as a second overall pick here, and and an exceptional status player who is producing really well in the OHL so far. And Michael Misa, um, Misa is I feel a bit more flashy, a bit more, um, a bit more daring on the puck than yeah. than James Higgins. Um I, I'd say the word to, to encapsulate Hagens is dynamic and creative. Whereas with Misa, it's flashy. Um, in terms of, he's trying things every shift. He's trying to to push pucks to the middle, to cut across opponents uh, opponents' hands to get to the middle of the ice, to shoot pucks and you know under sticks and between legs. And you know he he's exploring in game his game in ways that I feel like James Higgins is a bit more of my you know stick to my guns type of player who knows exactly what he's good at and does that. Um, but yeah, Misa's really, really fun. I just i, I don't think he can really compete with James Hagan's level of maturity and overall dynamism. Um, but yeah, what's your thoughts on Misa so far? I feel like you've watched him a tiny bit more than I have so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, watching Saginaw is always a blast. I mean, they have a ton of fun players. And yeah. uh, Misa's been excellent. Like, this is a player who I. I, I you don't really see many OHLers play with the confidence that he, that he already had last year as a 15-year-old in that league, yeah. and that has only progressed since then. Uh, he, This is a player that, as you said, he tries everything. He pushes the limits of his toolkit. He tr- is very, very creative. Yes, there's plenty of mistakes, but that's what you kind of want to see, especially in a 16-year-old player. Like He's still 16, yeah. and he is... Well over a point a game in the OHL this season, he is pretty much the best player on the ice for Saginaw, apart from Zane Perreault on most shifts, and even then it's yeah. kind of a toss up between him and Perreault. Like those are the two standouts in Saginaw, but yeah, mm-hmm. Michael Misa is a, spe- a special talent as well. And as you said, I think the fact that that we are already as sold on James Higgins as a first overall talent is especially notable, considering just how good Michael Misa is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, that brings me to um, a, a player who I, who I don't see mentioned as much, but really made a splash at the um, uh, at the U18s in Porter Martoni. Um, Martoni, right now, I mean he's he's ridiculously good as a goal scorer. As a 17 year old, as a 16, 17 year old playing in a draft minus one, he's already like tied for the top ten in in goals uh, in the OHL yeah. right now. He's got 13 goals in 19 games for 22 points, uh, above a point per game in his draft minus one, with the Miss- Mississauga Steelheads, and more often than not, taking that team by 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 storm. I mean, he's just he's taking over shifts at times. The, the issue with Sportoni is he's still very inconsistent. There are some games where he just falls off the map, but when he's on, he's on. I mean, he's got two hat-tricks this year. He's been playing really good hockey um, when he's on. And yeah, I mean, we're talking about a player who can absolutely rifle the puck, off balance, you know, square to the puck, um, on his back leg, on his front leg, um, one timer wrist or backhand. I mean, just name it. He can he can shoot it. He's his goal scoring ability is ridiculous. And on top of that, he's got enough vision and maturity and physical ability and motor to kind of round out the rest of his skill set and uplift his goal scoring ability, which is what you want to see. I mean, we talk often about the toolkit. Martoni has the toolkit. It's not just tools in isolation. It's everything working together to uplift this game. Um, and, you know, that's the main difference between a player like Martoni and a player like Alexander Holtz or Noel Gundler. You know, players who have a really good shot in isolation, but the rest of the game actually hinders their their tool rather than uplifts it. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens here with Martoni because he seems like a really good prospect in the making. But that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today. they are a 24-7 news channel about sports that's run by the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can find it on YouTube or wherever you find your podcasts. And make sure to tune in next week as we continue our prospects coverage. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High. We hope you tune in next time.